GM, GM, everyone. Bonjour, guten Morgen, dobro utro, labrit. That is basically the way how we do it here in the Web3 space in Europe. We're happy to have everyone on our weekly episode of Origins XYZ, the Web3 show about origins of the biggest OGs in the space with this European spirit, let's put it this way. We're live every Tuesday at 2 p.m. GMT, and as always, I'm your co-host Nikita Tsikaluk together with outstanding co-host Hanna, also known as Tract Alice. Guys, make sure that you share the space, make sure that you invite your friends and colleagues, because today we're going to have a special space. Today we're going to have a very secured space, let's put it this way, because uh, with us we have our friend Mo, who is head of community and education at Ledger, and today we have a lot, a lot to discuss about the whole Web3 space. GM, GM, Mo, thanks for joining us, man. GM, Nikita, thanks for having me. Uh, thanks for the intro. Man, you were amazing, and things that you are doing in the space by working at Ledger, by being an active member of the whole Web3 ecosystem, is no brainer for us uh, to have you out there. And I do believe that uh, the way how I would love to start today's show is by acknowledging the fact that even though Web3 space is moving really quick, we still face all these scams, all these hacks every single day. And the biggest one, the recent one that happened, uh, happened to one of the biggest OGs out there, Kevin Rose. Uh, I just pinned the tweet for those who haven't heard about it. So I would love to start our space today with you, Mo, by asking you the following question. You being such an important part of Ledger family, is it more about educating people and showing them how the Web3 space should be approached and how people should stay secure there? Or for you, it's still about learning the space and uh, there is a lot that you still don't know about the security and uh, effective activities in the Web3 space. Um, Yeah, that's a good question. I think it's a mix of both. You have to keep learning as the technology evolves. Um, but to address your first point, uh, it's not only about education. I think the way we think about it is twofold. It's about infrastructure plus education. Uh, and obviously, the infrastructure needs to be uh, able to provide people with the tools that would enable them to safely navigate um, the space. Um, and you know, when you speak of infrastructure at Ledger, there's obviously um, our consumer hardware, uh, Ledger Nano S+, Plus, Ledger Nano X, Ledger Stacks. Um, but on top of it, you have a software layer um, that has different functions that we can go into. But to get back to what you were saying about Kevin Rose, um, you know, the idea is that, you know, Kevin Rose had a ledger. Uh, the problem is that, um, first of all, there were some pitfalls in which uh, he fell um, that require uh, a decent level of education in order to be able to detect. But... It's our job at Ledger um, in order to work on the second layer of software that I mentioned uh, and be able to provide the communities with the information they need before making a decision uh, in order to be able to make the right decision. Um, And it's not only about Ledger, it's about Ledger plus the different dApps working around clear signing and we can go into it um, a little bit more throughout the conversation. But the problem that we have today, and that's mainly the reason why Kevin Rose uh, fell for the scam, uh, is that our wallets cannot translate smart contract data into a human-readable language. So we all end up YOLO signing or blind signing. Uh, And that's very dangerous. And um, yeah, you know, kind of to answer your question, it's about education, it's about infrastructure, it's about information, and it's about research and development and learning and figuring out new ways um, in order to um, patch ourselves against potential attack vectors. I absolutely appreciate you answering in such a detail. I would say that even for people who are providing us with all these tools, with all this knowledge here, I'm referring to the ledger team, there is still a lot to learn. There is still a lot to understand how to do it in the most 
effective way so that every newcomer, and right now we have, what, less than 10 million people, active users in the Web3 space, they actually understand how to do it in the right way, how to do it in a secured way. And actually, I see that another member of the team, Gaspar, just joined us, so I hope that we will have time to speak with him as well. Shout out to Gaspar. <laughs> but actually, before we go into all the technical details, all this educational aspect of being well-secured, which we're all here today to discuss with you, let's take a couple of steps back and uh, understand what is your origins in Web3? What did you do before joining Web3 space full-time and where is this curiosity, where is this uh, determination to be active member of the space comes from? What is your original story, my man? How much time do you have? <laughs> I would say, I, I would say as much as we need it. Uh, I would no, I'll, I'll try to be short. Um, I'll, I'll try to be short. So I, I actually started working, um, you know, uh, at the age of fifteen, in the in the realms of film production and, and storytelling. My my brother was a was a movie director slash advertisements, uh, short movies, etc. So I was often I would say immersed in the world of storytelling and through that I was able to um, interact very early with different marketing teams um, that used to work in like mainstream iconic brands uh, and the, the strategy behind how to build a brand how to tell a story in a way that is not only guided by one channel but through multiple channels because if you think about it that's how brands functions they they tell stories across events uh, across uh, you know films um, you know brick and mortar uh, you call it um so so that, that that was really fascinating to me and um you know from that i started working in the world of like creative consultancy um accompanied like a variety of different brands um to to build their businesses uh and you know through throughout that time i you know something i actually forgot to mention is that i am actually half egyptian i was born in egypt um, and, you know, lived most of my life in Egypt before um, going abroad to study. Um, and with, you know, the time I've lived in Egypt and grew up in Egypt, I've been through the, the revolution uh, there. So when I actually got to learn about like crypto, it resonated a lot with um, the different frictions uh, that many people had, um, you know, um, during the revolution in Egypt. Because if you think about it, the financial system itself um, was completely, I would say, um, demolished. Uh, and with that came a lot of very severe economic restrictions uh, that limited people's financial sovereignty. So, you know, when I learned about crypto in 2000, I would say 17, as you know, most people saw the big uh, news stories around Bitcoin and Ethereum, I started researching it a little bit more. And, you know, I kind of fell down the rabbit hole without necessarily like going all in um, at that time. But then the further, um, you know, time went and with 2020, I was in a situation where I kind of realized that I really wanted to be in the space, but I couldn't really find the overlap between what I knew I was good at and what the industry needed. Uh, because, you know, back then it was only about the technology. There weren't any like consumer products, at least to my knowledge, there weren't any very evident ones. Um, and I really like to keep like the, the relationship between uh, culture and the technology, like being able to work on a consumer product is so much more interesting than just working on um, marketing the technology because you don't get to speak to the businesses only, you get to speak to culture in a more general sense and to develop uh, stories and initiatives uh, that are much more appealing from a cultural standpoint. Um, and in 2020, back to what I was saying, I kind of um, you know, um, knew someone who was leading the marketing department at Ledger back then, um, who offered me a job. And that's kind of how I ended up at Ledger because it was really at, at the sweet spot of everything I was interested in uh, from a technological standpoint, but also from how I, I like to approach, um, you know, creative storytelling and, and marketing in a more general sense. I love, I love how everything 
you know, has converged to bring you to this point, like all your history and all your experiences um, have taken you on this journey to get to where you are today. And you're obviously bringing all of that experience to the role that you're doing at Ledger, which I, I definitely want to explore more because look, to be honest with you, um, I, you know, I don't know if I'm not going to do the woman thing. Okay. I'm not going to go here because I know <laughs> there's lots of men that go for it, Hannah. as well. But at the end of the day, right. When I, when I first heard about a ledger, it sat in the box for at least, I mean, how, let's be honest here. How many people listening to this space? And I know there's a lot of people that listen after it's live. Okay. But I know that there are people listening now who have had their ledgers in a box for more than a few months because it's like, okay, I've got the ledger now. What do I do? And it's basically a, a, a glorified hard drive. It's a sexy hard drive. And ledger, I think, has done... I mean, the fact that we call uh, this hard drive a ledger um, across all different companies, um, it's like the Hoover effect or the iPod effect, right? Or whatever it is that everyone you know you've done a really amazing uh, branding exercise when everyone actually calls the actual um, the actual hard thing that it is, the actual, what, what am I looking for? The actual product as the name of the brand, right? So you've really succeeded, I think, in, in, in placing Ledger at the forefront of this type of technology. But at the same time, um, it's it's hard it's tricky right to know what you're doing there are however much ledger is trying and I know you are trying to simplify the whole process in the UX it's tricky and you know I know whenever I want to use my ledger I have to literally make sure I have an hour to sit there and really focus on what I'm doing because I want to get everything right and you don't want to get any of the transactions wrong and I'm really technical I have like a technical background okay I'm not a a guru I'm not a genius I'm probably not as good as a lot of people in the space but I definitely know how to navigate tech and have developed products and even though I find it you know challenging so I think what I found the most interesting from being at Ledger in person and seeing the most unbelievable conference the the unveiling of the Ledger stacks was done in an Apple-esque way and it was just it blew my mind both in the terms of how you unveiled it but also the product itself and, and how you're navigating this this better UX and the better experience for users so that we can onboard to the masses. Um, it, it, it's, it's really important. Um, and I, I wanted to, I had a brief discussion when I was there with you about your role in terms of education. And I, I was very honest with you about my challenges with Ledger and my frustrations with it. And and you were you were interested, I think, in what I had to say and shared with me at the time a lot that that Ledger is doing in terms of onboarding and educating. So it's really interesting to hear, you know, your journey from from your backgrounds and the economy and how Web three attracted you. And the same with me, and in, in terms of equalizing and freedom to transact, but at the same time making sure that people are secure. But now you are, I think, your role is in charge of, of education, if I'm not mistaken. And I'd like to hear a bit more about what you're doing, what your, you know, where Ledger is and what your plans are um, for the future in terms of onboarding masses to, to using this very, very important technology. Sure. Um, so where do I start? I think that when you think about the space in a more general sense, um, Education is probably the number one tool that we can utilize in order to bring mass adoption, um, obviously with infrastructure and with culture combined together. Um, and the cultural point is very important because if you think about the word education and you combine it with the word crypto and you add to it the word security, then you have a cocktail to intimidate individuals and make them you know, kind of frightened from whatever topic you, you, you want to be talking about. Um, I think, you know, uh, culture is such an important pillar for the Ledger brand. Uh, and if you think about how we're trying to do education, we're trying to do it in many different ways that speaks to the interests, the behaviors, and the different, I would say, ways of learning of um, the communities out there. Um, so, you know, 
back when we started like launching our educational initiatives with Ledger, we built out Ledger Academy, um, which is uh, our educational, I would say, hub uh, at Ledger. It hosts a variety of different content formats covering different topics. Uh, and we started playing around with creative storytelling um, you know, on that platform by integrating like entertainment series uh, by trying to, uh, with the help of our, you know, production teams, film many documentaries, uh, play around a little bit more with the format and not make it only about like, a, you know, standard editorial uh, content, uh, which works great, right? Like, I'm, you know, don't get me wrong. I love editorial content. I love videos and, and audio, etc. But the idea was for us to explore um, the different content formats that were available to us and, and try to find the optimal balance in order to speak for the maximum number of individuals out there from a content creation standpoint. And on top of that, um, you know, we're obviously doing educational workshops, uh, trying to be present in the different events, interacting with the communities and building out initiatives that are community-led, um, obviously like supporting different DAOs in the space that are also, um, you know, um, very keen uh, on educating individuals. Um, but then last year, we kind of realized that um, most of what we were doing from an educational perspective uh, in the digital realms, um, to be more specific, um, was actually Web3 education done via Web2 mediums. Um, and again, like Web2 mediums are great, uh, but for us to be able to actually make people understand and make people incentivized is the better word uh, to get educated education would need to be part of the experience itself uh, the web3 experience itself because if you think about it like think about like a standard user journey for anyone that's getting into the space most of the time it's driven by fomo because a friend told them about a project that they think they should buy into or about an NFT job, etc. So there's always this thing of, you know, I have a very limited time constraint and I'm looking for the easiest way in, which most of the time is, you know, obviously setting up an exchange account, buying some crypto, and then setting up a software wallet to be able to interact with whatever that they want to be interacting with. Um, education is not part of the onboarding flow. It, it doesn't exist there. And most of the time it comes too late down the funnel when um, the individuals have either, um, you know, gotten in a situation where they got scammed or hacked or know someone who did. So most of the time it's coming a little bit too late down the funnel. And what we're trying to do this year uh, to bring them back to like how education at Ledger is evolving is by building gamified educational platforms that actually make education part of the Web3 onboarding experience um, itself. So Ledger Request is, um, a first step towards that, it's a learn, play, earn platform or learn to earn a platform, however you may call it. Um, and the idea behind Ledger Quest is that we want to be providing a technological layer on top of which different projects in the space can build their own curriculums and reward their community members with proof of knowledge NFTs. So proof of knowledge NFTs are non-transferable NFTs. Uh, they're kind of like on-chain digital certificates. Uh, that are, you know, a combination of different things. They're obviously there to prove knowledge. This is their function, but their form could be anything. So it could be an artwork, it could be a metaverse wearable, it could be a collectible. Um, and the idea is that if you think about the incentive, back to that incentive I was talking about, um, if you tell someone, hey, you know, um, if you want to learn about Web3, there's this like um, small quest that you could go through, read a few articles, watch a couple of videos, and then go through a quiz. But on top of learning, you'll be able to get a metaverse wearable or a collectible that will actually provide you with future utility further down the road in either a game, a metaverse, or um, you know whatever project or, or the app you'll be interacting with. Then not only education becomes part of the onboarding experience, it actually has a, a clear incentive um, that encourages people to actually go through um, that type of you know, uh, experience. So, yeah, I mean, I can I can speak about this for hours, uh, but that's in a nutshell, like the approach. And obviously, down that same um, line of thought, we launched the first uh, 
school in the metaverse on the sandbox. Uh, it's called School of Lock um, by, you know, the, the first experience in the Ledgerverse. Um, and it's kind of a completely gamified and immersive experience. So um, you get, you know, um, spawned with a character and then you interact with different NPCs. They give you missions. You collect NFTs and you learn along the way. So we're trying just to explore a, a lot of like different gamified mechanics um, to bring that message even uh, forward uh, even more. I should absolutely acknowledge the fact, and uh, I'm saying it because of my knowledge with all these projects who are cooperating with Ledger. Ledger is trying to boost and empower all European projects, specifically in France, because they have all the strong connections to come and uh, join the secured environment. Just like Mo just mentioned Sandbox, I know that uh, a bit more than months ago, Comet, the Web3 game, uh, was the first Web3 game uh, on Ledger. Uh, a couple of, uh, what, like less than a half year ago, uh, you came up with your NFT pass, your NFT marketplace. So you are trying to be one of the leading uh, front runners in all possible industries, in all possible fields of Web3. But with that, there is also an issue that me personally, uh, I personally am having. Don't you think more that Ledger would rather focus on one, maybe two different industries, for example, crypto and NFT, and master this field rather than trying to provide security, provide education, provide some other services to all possible uh, aspects of Web3 space? I mean, that's a good question. It depends how you think about it. To me, this is one industry. It's about securing the experience of any user or corporation that gets into the space from beginning to end. Um, beginning to end, meaning from the process of creating their keys, to um, acquiring digital assets or um, securing digital assets, to accessing a wide variety of crypto services security, to interacting with DApp security, to being able to distribute NFT security, to having the education and the knowledge and the information to be able to go through those different phases uh, without any frictions. So to me, it's not they're not different industries. They're one perspective or one, um, I would say, ecosystem um, on one, you know, um, to protect a single, um, you know, as I said, experience uh, within that Web3 space. I think, I think, Mo, it's really interesting that you've gone sort of like the gamified route for education. And when you say education, this is education and onboarding for mass consumption, you know, um, and, and you've done it, you've chosen to do it through a gamified approach, um, which will be interesting to see, you know, how it, how it pans out and how people engage in that. But I wanted to ask you, like, this is, I mean, Ledger has done so well in terms of the team and how they, they, as I said in the beginning, they, they've really cornered the space and I think will, are on track to be one of the largest companies going forward in the web3 um space um but what how, especially in your role what what challenges do you think you're up against you know or what what do you find is is a challenge in your role um particularly um that you're facing at the moment i mean there are many of them many challenges ahead i think if you think about like the development of any technology um uh, you know, you look at Web3 and you compare the adoption rate that we currently have uh, in in Web3 and, and see where, um, you know, Web2 was in terms of like having that amount of people interacting with the technology. It brings us back to 1998. So imagine asking someone in 1998, what would be the challenges that would lie ahead of them uh, within the Web2 realms? I think any answer they would have given you uh, wouldn't have been correct in any different ways because no one actually expected everything that was going to be happening in the future. But to talk to you about what the challenges um, are today, it's mainly you know related to obviously the the development of a technology, as I said, but also the different ways through which um, 
we can educate and onboard people. And that's something that we truly think about, um, you know, on a daily basis is how do we make the product simpler? How do we make the onboarding process simpler? How do we, you know, provide different educational experiences and content that uh, do a better job at kind of educating people and providing them with the knowledge that they need? But beyond that, there is always um, things that we can't really influence or control, similar to like market conditions or regulatory frameworks. Um, and these are things that we're also um, trying as much as we can to, um, you know, put ourselves in a situation where we can either be positive, uh, added value to whatever conversations are being had with it relating to those things or um, having, um, you know, an impactful input into it. I think what impressed me the most, and it's really, really difficult to say to stand up in public and say this, was when um, in the conference, you know, during the presentation, they, they were just showing that there has been zero, literally zero hacks uh, using the ledger technology. And to actually um, come out and say that is is a huge huge accomplishment i mean i don't think anyone quite understands how remarkable that is in this space um and there's not many that that can say that even other wallets that are you know competing for this space so uh, it it may be slightly annoying from a user experience perspective but and, and it's clear that you're you're really working on that uh and prioritizing the ux as we can see i think with the ledger stacks which i think for me, is just going to be an absolute transformative product um, in terms of helping people be become more secure and even just be aware of the security measures. I think a lot of new people to the space just don't even understand what why having a ledger is so important. Um, and it's only often after they experience uh, they lose something or or they have been hacked or you know part of a phishing scam that they realise how important this is. Um, so, so it's really, really. I think um, your your challenges are what everyone's going through at the space at the moment. We're moving at the speed of light. In fact, I, I just saw something today about an, an article about how they are comparing the time that we're in now to um, to 1996. So they're saying that the the people, the amount of people in the Web three space right now, is the same amount of people that were using the internet in 1996. So I think that. Um, we, we keep saying we are early, but if you think about the cycles, and I'm old enough to have been through a couple of tech cycles now, we are in the middle of the beginning of this new cycle. And really the boom for that cycle hit um, in the late sort of, 19, sort of 1999, 2000. That's when we really started to see huge change happen. Um, so I think it, it, we are still incredibly early and, and it is about sort of keeping up and changing as the technology changes. And as you say, the challenges that's going to come with regulation, which is is really um, important. So so thanks for that insight. I'm just going to hand over to Nikki because I think he's got a few more questions. Yeah, actually, I do believe that we went very thoughtfully through most ledger technical background, more being the educator, more being uh, the visionary behind this security effective activities in Web3 space. And right now I would love to actually talk about you having another hat. And here I'm referring to you being an art collector and uh, art investor. I've been following both you, Gaspar, as well as uh, Jean-Michel for a very long time. Uh, I'm pinning right now uh, the latest piece that I do believe you collected late night yesterday. I fell asleep. Shout out to our friend Agoria. I fell asleep and I didn't bid for this piece. So I'm going to find a way uh, to buy it from secondary right now. <laughs> Funny enough. But I see that uh, some artists and creators like Grida just joined us. So I do believe it's high time we actually discuss you more being the collector in Web3 space. What is your thesis behind collecting some of the biggest pieces? Because I know that you're supporting a lot of local artists, a lot of uh, 
uh, local visionaries. Is it just the piece itself that you like and you say that I want to own one of those long term or is there something else whenever you push the buy button? Yeah, I mean, thanks for the kind words, Nikita. You put my word next to GMP and, and Gaspar and they're, they're OGs in the space and been collecting for a very long time. Um, I started collecting much later than they did, but, uh, you know, managed to fall down the rabbit hole quite deeply to say. And so, yeah, in the past couple of years, I've been mainly connecting um, generative artwork. Um, and not, not necessarily because I don't like um, everything else that's being done. I do collect, like, obviously crypto art as well and, and, and you know, uh, a little bit of um, 3D art um, that, that I like. But I would say the main thing that really captivates me with generative art is the fact that um, it's kind of built with all the layers of the internet like it's the first internet native art if you think about it uh, it's it's built with code uh, it is um you know um communicated and shared with social media and it's owned with uh, you know web3 uh, kind of um nfts and digital assets and and the blockchain so it's going from web1 to web2 to web3 all of them built baked into one i would say um singular um, kind of art uh, movement and, and, you know, kind of approach to art. And if you think about it, like um, with generative art, like NFTs become a medium rather than a distribution mechanism. Um, and it's kind of like the, the canvas or with photography, like it's a new medium for art creation that, that really fascinates me. Um, and the reason why, um, you know, it's fascinating on top of the fact that uh, it's quite obviously an internet native um, art is the, the the magic that happens with it. Like there is an element of um, intuition that comes with the computer algorithm generating random pieces based on certain um patterns and certain traits that are being input into the code so as a collector when you actually mint the generative artwork uh, you feel like you're actually participating in the creative process in some way or another and the magic that happens is that neither you nor the artist know exactly what you're going to be getting and and you know i'm mainly talking about long form generative art like the you know collections with hundreds of pieces these are the ones that really do interest me but I, I also collect short form AI um, generative art as well. I love it. I love it. And actually, the Agoria piece that uh, we mentioned before, that's a perfect representative of generative art. You never know what will be the final piece. I know that uh, it's been a while uh, since Agoria minted, dropped anything on Tezos. So welcome back to Tezos fam. And uh, yeah, it's just so interesting to follow your journey. I know that you joined later than Gaspar. I know that in a certain way, Gaspar was uh, was helping you out, uh, guiding you, uh, because he's a true OG in sense of collecting, for sure. So I would love to know what are some of uh, the pieces that you collected throughout this year that you are the most proud of? That's a very hard question. Uh, I'd have to think about well, it for a few let's seconds. Actually start, let's actually start with the fact that uh, you have one of Agoria's pieces. I guess it's number five, if I'm not mistaken, on your Twitter banner. So I guess that's one of those. Yeah, that's that. I didn't actually collect this one. It was it was a it was a birthday gift, so I'm proudly putting it as a banner. But definitely Agoria's pieces. I, I don't even remember which ones I have. I have a lot of uh, different pieces uh, that come from the you know first collections of Agoria on Foundation and then on an object and um, you know the he's doing he's doing great. I love whatever he does. He's such a genuine um, human and artist, um, and I think he brings a lot of positivity into the space and also brings new people into the space through you know the fan base that he already has in the electronic music um you know field um so that's definitely great but i think like to go back to your your initial question uh i think this year is it is it like 2023 or is it like 2022 just so uh just so i understand 
<laughs> I would say uh, 2022. 2022 probably. was buying of Google very, um, I would say, early on in the year. Um, before, before like the the whole squiggle hype came in, um, and I really loved the squiggles for a variety. It's of so funny reasons. that you you bring that up because I was going to say that the generative art movement for me was really, I think, um, navigated strongly by Art Blocks and Snowfro. Like what he's done for the space has been amazing, Absolutely. but also in terms of. I think in terms of creating art that will bridge, I was listening to actually um, these Fi's podcast, we do a little, and um, some of the people, some of the collectors on there, Red Beard and Fi and Cole, there were a few, uh, Sam Spratt was speaking, but they were saying how generative art, uh, they feel is going to be the bridge between the traditional art space and the, um, the digital art space and more so than any other medium because of, because of the link you know with the technology and and sort of what what's happening there in terms of the tech and the art together is just so unique um, and 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 I think you 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 know talking about the squiggles I think I think that's one of the reasons why it, it's been so popular because the, what it represents it represents so much a time a, a new genre of art um, that is is highly sought after and I remember when it when they came out people just didn't quite get it and it's just it's amazing how you've seen this transformation over the past you know twelve months it's not been that long right um, whereas now it's one of the most sought after. Um, NFTs to hold so it's it's really interesting how this uh, how we're watching this evolution um, happen and we're being we are as collectors part of that it's very very exciting I agree it's it's a very fascinating um, to your point evolution and the art you know type of art genres that we have and how technology will will be impacting those obviously what happened um, this year with with AI, Dali, Image Journey, Stable Diffusion, where fuel the interest in um, exploring, um, you know, dialogues between humans and machines to generate creative outputs. Um, and I think that generative art will benefit from the interest in AI art for sure. Love it. And I mean, it just makes sense for people to enter the space because of so much art happening around and I do believe I've heard it a couple of weeks ago don't remember from whom but it just stacked my mind that actually art is this bridge for people to enter web 3 space from web 2 because art is something you can replicate on your wallpaper something that you can have at your home and uh, through this NFT technology through the blockchain itself that's how you're connected to the whole web 3 space and you're just eager to learn more and more and more. Take, for example, NFT Paris happening in three weeks from now. There is going to be a lot of uh, creation around art during the conference, even though that is NFT-centric conference. Take, for example, NFC uh, Lisbon, NFC Summit in Lisbon happening this uh, June. Shout out to our friend John Carp. It's all about art. That's the way how people join the space. That's the way how people can get entertained, engaged out there. With that being said, are there any specific artists, uh, let's say, let's narrow down to France, uh, that you would love to uh, give shout out to? And uh, just before that, I should say, I see that Grida is also here. I should say that I'm extremely lucky because a couple of days ago I met Pascal Boyard in uh, Dubai. It was extremely random. He just messaged me saying that I'm out there. And he's definitely one of my most favorite uh, art visionaries, uh, front runners in the space. So I'd love to hear who are some of your favorite uh, artists, maybe even creators uh, in the space when we're talking about friends specifically. Yeah, you, you narrow it down a lot, but there is a lot of like talent in France. Obviously, Pascal Pascal Bayard is is someone I really admire and respect. Um, you know, he's an OG. He's been in the space for years now and and really stuck with his vision. And I I really do think that 
um, you know, his work, especially the underground Sistine Chapel, will end up becoming one of uh, one of the most recognized uh, pieces of uh, art um, when it comes to like street art released on the blockchain. Um, and it, you know, if anyone is in Paris and you have the chance to go see it, I would highly recommend you do um, because it's such a beautiful um, piece of art. Like you feel completely immersed into it, and the location is is great as well. Um, and then you know if you and actually for those who don't know Pascal during the COVID time he spent five months putting this on the wall. After that he took all these uh, characters that were in this painting and recreated them as an NFT. So it's like a long term project that he has been putting his time, his effort too, and it's out there right now. So actually if you are in Paris, thanks more for empowering people you should just come and see it in real life because that's just amazing yeah absolutely and hey Greta I see you're a speaker what tell us what you think who are your favorite uh, French artists Greta uh, I just came up because I just clicked something and then now I'm here up here thank you for thank you Nikita. I mean <laughs> you're, you're in the right Greta. place what what happened okay hello everyone and uh I was just uh, having fun listening to uh, my uh, favorite people, Mo, Nikita, and uh, hello, Alice. Yeah. Uh, Hi. Hello. Bonjour. Hey, bonjour. I'm a big fan of Mo, actually, because uh, for me, Ledger was at first the product, like uh, USB, that I, that I can product, uh, pr protect my Ethereum. But since I know like Mo and Gaspar and Jean-Michel, Every time I see my uh, ledger, it reminds me of you guys, like uh, the conversation we had and uh, all these like, amazing activities you are doing. So it's uh, this small object connects people. This is the thing and this is the most role, that educational thing. And um, speaking about uh, security value, actually this is uh, everything and it connects to the objects. So I just wanted to shout out that uh, this role is very important because it's not only the product, it's about uh, communication and uh, connecting people. So now I feel like uh, this small object is kind of alive and <laughs> connected with my friends. That was really cool. I love that. I think, I think that's so <laughs> profound because that's definitely what stuck with me is that it's not just about this this piece of hardware and what it can do for your security, but Ledger has linked it up with branding yeah. and promoting artists in the space, even to the point where people are wearing it as jewelry um, and, you know, you can actually wear it on you, but they, they have launched certain Ledgers with certain brands and certain artists and it's just such a nice holistic way of promoting uh, safety while also promoting creativity in the space. And that, that for me was really profound uh, when I was at the uh, Ledger Open. This, you know, it's, it's a brilliant... Talking about Ledger tool. Open, I see that Ian Rogers just joined us. I just sent the request. If you can speak, <laughs> come and join us, friends. Yeah, I just... Another Ledger OG out there. Wow. Yeah, I mean, just uh, for me, uh, Ledger was... Because every, uh, let's say, a big brand nowadays, like luxury brand, they always have a beginning story. For example, like Chanel, she, yeah. she really freezed uh, the woman's fashion because it used to be like locked down, like classical style. But Chanel just freezed the uh, woman's, you know, freedom. And all these stories is really uh, stuck forever. And Ledger is about... Uh, protecting the security with the story so i think it's really good also with art and all these uh, cool guys <laughs> letter guys like really visually and uh, really it's cool so i'm really big fan of it oh, so. you, you know, it's, <laughs> they're all handsome it's so funny when you say the ledger guys by the way because there yeah. is i don't know if the ledger guys are aware this is some alpha but you have a reputation among females in the web3 space ledger guys just so that you i'm know so that. sorry it's very important <laughs> Uh, inside information. It's like for me. Appreciate the kind words. I mean, I mean, like these cool guys. I can confirm. Me, so, but yeah, it's cool. Yeah, yeah. Cheers. I mean, we had a lot of Ledger guys here today. We have the show around small. We had Gaspar join us uh, earlier today. We talked about OG collector Jean Michel. Uh, Ian, GM, GM. Thanks for joining us. Hey, how are you? Sorry, I'm, I'm walking on the street in Paris, and uh, I have to be in a meeting in five minutes, so 
I apologize, A, if you can't hear me, and B, that I gotta that I gotta jump in five minutes. But I wanted to come and I was just wanted to listen in, see what you guys are talking about. We can hear you, man, loud and clearly. We also want to say thank you for Ledger Stacks, man. I don't remember if you remember me chatting with you around Track Radio uh, Space back in Paris, but today we also covered the topic of Ledger Stacks being an amazing, stylish tool out there. So thanks thanks for that. And uh, yeah, cool. I, uh, once again. Actually, You're amazing. Thank you for all the compliments and kind words, guys. I super appreciate it. I actually just came from, I was just over in the office looking at the fabric choices for the, um, you know, for the little kind of folios, the little magnetic folios that go around stacks. Um, and uh, I mean, we, got, we have four good colors to start with, but I think we can, we can do even better. So, uh, you know, we're trying, we're trying to make it, you know, high quality and, and, you know, really something that you, that you want to have something that's like, you know, personal and individual to you. I mean, to me, that's what this is. Let's go. To me, that's what this is all, that, all about ownership, some... identity. Yeah. There's some alpha there for you, but I think, I think that's what we were discussing before how the UX is so important and how you've addressed that, uh, especially when we just had the ledger open and we saw how you took the designers from the I from Apple to bring this to mass c consumers. We need to have a better user experience, and that's absolutely crucial. And I think you're so on that, Ian. I, I've heard you speak before that that's so important for you as a company and a brand, and what Mo's doing in terms of educating through this gamified approach just to onboard as many people as possible. Um, but the fact that you focus so much on, on, on this user experience and designing you know, the ledger stacks in the way you have will hopefully have a, a real impact on the amount of people coming into the space that are doing it in a safe way. And that's really, really important. All right, just a couple of words on that. I mean, I think, first of all, thank you. I think we have a long way to go in terms of user experience though. I always say that there, I think there are two main things in terms of user experience. One is um, onboarding and the second is connectivity. Um, and we're really trying to come at both of those things head on. But I do think we still have a long way to go. And then, you know, in the future, things like account abstraction, et cetera, will, you know, will help to make these things, you know, more mainstream and a more a part of our lives. And my, my reminder to people always is, you know, that's a long journey. It was a, a long journey for me yeah. personally from like ripping compact discs at the DOS command line, you know, to being able to just ask Siri to play some music or to ask ChatGPT to make me a playlist, you know, but, but that's where we are. And that's where we've come in those like kind of 20 years. Um, you know, so I think it'll be similar here. So be patient. There's a, you know, there's a lot of work to be done. The other thing is, I, I don't think it's necessarily for Ledger to kind of bring people in. I think that communities like yours are what will attract people to the space, you know, whether it's, you know, I mean, like NBA Top Shots brought so many people, including people like Snowfro and G Money into the space, you know, and, and I think that those are the, you know, there'll be a lot of things that attract people to the space. And, you know, our, our job is to, you know, keep them safe once they, once they get here. Although I do think there'll be some kind of a network effect where, you know, if you had a, if you had an MP3 player before the iPod, then, you know, you had MP3s and, and then you had an MP3 player. After the iPod, mm -hmm. you know, you might have like seen your friends with them. You thought the device was cool. And then, you know, you walk, you know, you walk into the, to the store and you, you buy an iPod and then, you, and then you get your first digital music. I think that same thing could happen, you know, where, you know, somebody knows they, they want to get into um, the world of NFTs or collecting or whatever it is. They, they see their friend with the stacks. They walk into Best Buy. They're like, oh, yeah, there's that thing. Okay, I'm going to. I'm going to get it and I'm going to jump into this world. And I think that's what we're trying to do with Ledger Live too, is to ultimately have a, have a way for people to, to onboard and, you know, buy their first crypto, buy their first NFT, um, you know, and, and, and really kind of provide a, a safe environment for people to get started. And we absolutely appreciate that because being secured, having the right guidance on how to, be active in this world of unknown Web3 space is something that we need right now. So we absolutely appreciate Ian once again for joining today. I know cool. that you need to run yeah, away right do. now. Thank so. you guys. Yeah, thank, thank you. Of course. Thank you, Ian. Yeah. I love, Thanks, I Ian. Love the
Thank you. You're amazing. I appreciate the love. I'll see y'all. I'll see y'all soon. See you, mate. I I love the Best Buy um, analogy that Ian just uh, shared with us because that's really, you know, what we're going to get to. People walking into their local stores, buying what they need, knowing what it is, you know. And I think, you know, as a brand, um, Ledger is is trying to do that to 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 sort of place itself in this important position but I think what he said as well is very important in terms of onboarding and it's going to be a combination of community buildings projects that have uh, real u- utility not just in the art space but in the gaming space in the finance sector in the uh, real asset sector you know like a property is, is a music all areas of life are, are slowly coming, um, are being, you know, affected by Web3 technology. And as a result, need to have these these safety mechanisms. And so I think that, you know, we very often focus, you know, within the NFT art ecosystem, but there's so much going on beyond that, um, that I'm sure takes up a lot of your attention, you know, as well. And it's, it's, absolutely crucial that the security aspects are are right and correct so you know yeah there's there's still a huge amount of work to do as we say we're we're so early and yet have made so have gone so far come so far in such a short space of time i see yeah uh, i see that harry uh, has been raising his hand for a while i assume he has a question tomorrow so harry go for it all right yeah, no worries, guys. It's uh, it's been a while since we moved on for the point. It was just to kind of show a bit of love um, for uh, Ledger. They uh, they partnered with a good friend of mine called Loic, who is an artist um, with a project thing. It's called Tell Me Worlds. Me and him minted V friends, and we're at the first couple of V friends meetups ever. And then to see him at, at VCon with a partnership with Ledger to do the kind of gold V friends one. Just wanted to say thank you for doing that. From a, a little lad in the UK watching his friend get on the main stage, it was it was nice to see. That was all. Yeah, Louis is amazing, and, and the artwork he did for the Vcon Ledger was was really really cool. It's um, for those who haven't seen, it's like a golden V friend, um, and it and it's very nice. And I think he he reached out to me the other day, and he's going to be in Paris, so we'll probably see him then. Um, folks, I, I need to leave because I have a meeting, and I'm actually already late to it. Um, Me but too. Thank you so much for the conversation. <laughs> I appreciate all the love and I appreciate the very thoughtful questions. Um, and I'm also very much looking forward to seeing you all um, in Paris, um, you know, a couple of weeks from now. So that's going to we'll be We'll cool. absolutely be there. We'll be absolutely uh, there. Thank you very much, Mo, for joining us. A lot of Alpha shared here, a lot of origin stories. Thank you very much, everyone who joined us today. It was a lovely show. We absolutely enjoyed having all of you. And as always, uh, we'll see you on Origins XYZ next Tuesday, 2 p.m. GMT. Thank you very much, guys. You are amazing. We love you.